Sheena, what would you say is your competitive edge? I would honestly say that this podcast and the conversations and dialogues with execs is one of my competitive edges. I feel like access, whether that's to people or information, is a huge competitive edge, especially today in the digital world. That's exactly why we decided to launch The Edge, which is a new thought leadership newsletter penned by our very own president and COO, Kelly Breslin Wright. It's fantastic. It's this sneak peek into the inner thinking and the experiences of a highly successful female executive who has been there, done that as a board member, as a president of a hypergrowth company, as a sales leader. So being able to see her thought processes, you really get to tap into something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. It's really a written extension of what we talk about here, how to scale your business, how to be a better leader, how to adapt to the different trends that are coming. So every month she drops a new addition. It's always less than five minutes. And you know, you know that there's data in that because that's what we do. We love data. So how do we sign up, Jeff? All you have to do is jump down to the show notes and you're going to see a link. Hit the link, put in your email address, and that's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. Easy peasy. All right. That was fun. As leaders, we focus on what's wrong with people because we have a fixation on fixing. Let's find what's right about you, put you in that driver's seat, and then fix the little things along the way. This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast. Here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing. Stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your potential, then this show is for you. I'm Sheena Badani. And I'm Devin Reed, coming to you from the Gong Studios. Gathering the best of the best revenue leaders under one roof to get their candid takes on where the market is going? Now that's a reason to celebrate, which is exactly why the Gong team put together Celebrate, the reality roadshow. We've been traveling from city to city across the US and London to give these amazing revenue leaders an opportunity to take center stage and share their insights. Over the next couple months, we'll share some of these Celebrate sessions with you. If you're a sales leader who wants to be prepared for the back half of 2022 and beyond, you won't wanna miss this conversation. Let's get into it. We're going to start with strategy. And so UK companies, UK startups specifically, received about £27 billion of VC funding in 2021. That was more than double the £10.5 billion in 2020. So I think we're all reading in the media that era of easy money is maybe drying up a little bit, and that's causing companies to really rethink their strategy, their go-to-market plans. Paul, sounds like things are going pretty well at Payhawk from what you've been saying. So how are you thinking about the market conditions? And Yeah, I think it's the era of growth at all costs. And ultimately, are you a painkiller or are you a vitamin, right? Or you need to have a must-have software or are you just nice to have? And I think that's a critical function in the economic climate that we're going to be in. You look at Salesforce, Mark Burnoff just said that the economic climate, he's not seen it. They're growing super fast. Zendesk is doing really well. There's a bunch of companies that are doing really well. And we happen to be one of them right now, although we're much smaller, but we've got big ambitions. I think that we entered this as we would have entered anything, focus on the unit economics, focus on the fundamentals, and really make sure that we're driving efficient growth. Because I think the companies that we're seeing some layoffs from are the ones that overextended themselves. 
just like the financial crash in the mortgage industry, they bought a bigger house and the multiples weren't there because the valuations have been driven through the market, not through revenue multiplication, right? It's just what the market's been doing. That's where you're getting all these unicorns. And if I'm really honest, and I will be, we got valued at a billion earlier this year. Would we get valued the same way right now? Probably not. But whatever, we've got a ton of money in the bank and we're going to just push through the runway and push through our plans because we're focused on the fundamentals and we think we solve really big problems for finance teams. Thanks. So Atusa, from an enablement lens, are you like changing how your sales team are talking about or talking to customers and prospects given the changing market conditions? Yes and no. I mean, something I've always been doing but pushing even harder now is we're thinking about how are our customers and our prospects thinking about the way that they're approaching their finances and the way that they're cutting budgets. And obviously, from a standpoint of buying tools, the first thing that you start seeing, especially in gong calls, is we're having our budgets being cut. So what we want to try and stay away from and what we try and teach our sales teams is to stay away from buzzwords. If anyone has gone through a training with me, they know I hate the term end-to-end. End-to-end means nothing. If everyone is saying end-to-end all the time, where does end begin and where does end end? Anyone? No one? Right. So I need someone to explain to you what does end-to-end mean? Where does end-to-end create value? What is efficiency? So don't use these buzzwords if you don't have something to back it up and to demonstrate, quantify what that means. People are, at the end of the day, are emotional beings. So we need to create a desire for them. We need to make them feel something, either feel urgency, feel want, feel excitement and enthusiasm for our product, and then back it with facts, figures, and numbers. Like They will justify that with rationale. You can't just be their BFF take them to play golf and whatnot, and that's the end of it. You have to still back it and rationalize it because it is a crunch. And in these kinds of moments when they're trying to figure out where they're cutting their budget, even if we have it a fantastic product, it doesn't matter if we're not proving the value and defining what we mean by these buzzwords that are being heard in the industry all the time. Mm-hmm. So if we move on to the second pillar, which is people, obviously we started the year with a great resignation. The war for talent was very real and many of us, frankly, are still struggling to find good talent. But other companies are finding themselves in a different position, reducing headcount or re-looking at how they're focused. So we earlier this year did a survey and produced a report called The Reality of Sales Talent. And the purpose of that report was really to look at how to attract, motivate and retain sales talent. And one of the conclusions or one of the maybe surprising things that came out of that report was that the number one challenge facing sales reps is staying motivated. Now, obviously, the pandemic has had a part to play in that. And undoubtedly, the kind of current market conditions and the situation we're in today also makes that challenging. So I'd love to maybe start with you, Paul, to understand a little bit around what you're doing to keep your sales team motivated and performing at their best. And again, like we're not doing anything different. Like we haven't decided, okay, we've got to change up what we're doing. I think first and foremost, it's culture, right? Culture defines your organization. It's how you do what you do is the pace. It's part of that culture. It's the leadership cadence and the operating cadence that we have put in place. Because from a culture standpoint with Payhawk, we've defined it as we're a professional sports team, not a family. And there's some important distinctions with that. Number one, family culture, I find a bit weird because brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, how does that work? But with the sports team, it means that we're enabling people, we're training them, we're coaching them, and we're putting them on the pitch to make sure that they play their best game ever. And so we're looking at gamification and actually through conversations we've had before I've been changing my mind on how we're going to do this. Uh, So there's more to come in how we're going to gamify the organization to make sure that metrics that matter are 
put in a way that's fun and, and enticing for everybody. That's kind of like a fun thing to do, and I think most companies should probably do something like it. The part that I think is more fundamental and needs to be done everywhere is coaching the coaches, leadership enablement. Almost every company has sales enablement as a function. Not many I know of has leadership enablement as a function. And so we're really focused on ensuring that our leadership team in the sales organization, which is direct, indirect, success, support, pre-sales, et cetera, are really doing a couple of things. One is we know their meeting schedules, we know what they're covering, we know the reports, everybody can see that. But also we've got a number of rituals that we expect our leaders to do. And some of those rituals, one of them is three hours of gone call reviews per week. And we're teaching them how to do gong call reviews. So every week, every sales manager, every sales leader is spending three hours with gong to be able to dissect what's going on and then use that to inform coaching with their reps, which helps improve productivity and helps improve engagement because reps making money want to stay where they're at because they're making money. Another example of that is six hours of co-selling. So that's you know the old school ride-alongs for anybody that used to do field sales. In the modern age, people have forgotten how to do that. People have forgotten how to do ride-alongs, right? And how do you teach sales leaders to be on a call with their rep? And what's a best practice, right? They're not there to lead the sales call. They're there to be able to help support the rep and improve their ability. So we're partnering with another company called Commercial Tribes, shameless plug, to be able to help us manage and track what our leaders are doing, to make sure that they're doing the right things with their teams and focusing not only on their top-performing reps and their bottom-performing reps, but that middle part where you're going to have the biggest impact. If you can focus on your middle set of reps and increase their productivity by 5%, you're going to have a much bigger output than your bottom reps. Of course, we're going to focus on them too, but the middle ones often get forgotten. So I think it's a combination of factors that go into engagement. Are your frontline managers using the Gong app for reviewing those calls? 100% for the Gong reviews, right? Everybody's in Gong now. We've rolled out Gong, what, three months ago? So there's more that I want to do with this because I think there's a ton of value. So already we're going to get our BI and RevOps team talking with you guys on the API to be able to pull in some stuff into our data lake and et cetera. But for the frontline reps, we're literally going through, and if you guys can help us with this, on documenting how to do gone call reviews, right? So teaching people how to be able to do it, not just go and do it. Here's how you should do it, right? And that's part of the enablement function of enabling leaders to be able to know how to lead. Because for myself, when I became a first-time leader, it was the first time I became a rep. Here's a phone. Here's a phone book. Go call some companies and try to make some deals. And the leader, you're like, hey, here's a team. Go make your team work, right? And you're like, cool, I'm just going to do all the things I think I should be doing, but they're probably the opposite of what your team wants you to do or needs you to do. Mm -hmm. So really switching that up and making sure that it's a structured ritual within the organization is super important for us to make sure that we're maximizing value for everybody. That leads well into a Tusa. In terms of leadership, frontline managers or so on, is there anything particularly you're thinking about in terms of enabling them, making sure that they're able to really work well with their people? Yeah, so we are doing leadership enablement as well. And two things that I really try and hone in on for them, in addition to rituals and cadences and such, is the difference between mentoring and coaching and making sure that they really understand the difference between those two things. When people are new on their team, there's a bit more mentoring happening because they're new to the company, they don't know what they're doing yet. So there's more mentoring, which means that you're telling them what they should be doing differently. You're guiding them with more prescriptive instructions, but at some point we need them to do more coaching, which means guiding them with questions so that they can figure out their own solutions. Because if you keep telling them what to do, it's easier because you know what you want and you know what you want them to do, but it doesn't actually teach them how to do things and be self-sufficient. And then they're always going to rely on you and you become a bottleneck. And then they don't coach each other. 
And so we try and get them to do this culture of having them coach each other, bring calls into the team meetings, discuss what their challenges are, and coach each other on that front and asking questions to try and get out more information and everyone bringing in suggestions and problem solving together. And so we're trying to get the leaders to do more of that instead of just give the answer, give them instructions, who's the next point of contact they should go after, what should they be doing, because you need to become not the bottleneck. And the other thing is for them to be cognizant of the fact that as a leader, you set the pace for the team. And so as much as it's tempting that you have a number that you have to hit, it's the end of the quarter, you want to answer the email on your off hours or on your holiday or whatever might be happening, you set a precedent and set that to be scheduled out. Just because you have your off time that works for you and you're doing it while you're in bed or whatever, just schedule to be sent out because if you're setting that pace, it creates that anxiety. It reduces the motivation for the rest of the team and it makes it uncomfortable for them. So if you're setting the pace of not being anxious, not being always on, then the rest of the team will feel that they can also turn off on the weekend. They can also turn off on their holiday. So reminding them that they're setting the pace and that's the energy of the team. Mm -hmm. So that connection of home and working from home and working in the office, we've been talking, we're all kind of in this hybrid situation right now. And if we move into the third pillar, one of the things that companies tend to do when they're trying to grow revenue is to grow the sales team. So Atisa, we might start with you. Are there any particular enablement changes that you've made or how are you thinking about your team leveraging insights and leveraging tech to really improve their performance? From a tech standpoint of trying to improve the enablement, we just think about automation for everything, and that might be partially because we're a data science and AI company, and so our headspace goes, like, if it's repetitive, then we should be automating it. How can we make this more regular and just remove that from our repertoire so we're not spending time on it? And then free up our headspace to be using it on more creative and more strategic things. Not to do a gong plug, but, like, we tend to make a lot of libraries as well because as we have more and more people starting all the time. Managers don't have enough time, and then also enablement doesn't have as much time to like do role plays with every single person, which obviously have a lot of value. But if we can get new hires to listen to as many calls of our top sellers as possible, then we can get them onboarded quickly so they can understand what does good look like so that they can see a variety of good calls from a variety of different verticals and different markets. And they can see people approaching customer stories and different kinds of pitches from different viewpoints. And then when they're then getting put into onboarding or workshops and they see it from that angle, they have also have all this other context. So it just speeds up that process and offloads the manager from having to do that part to do other work with them so they can actually get started sooner. Mm -hmm. Definitely a use case we hear a lot in terms of ramping new hires yeah. faster. Paul, anything your side you'd add in terms of how you're... AI or tools like Gong or others are helping your team performance? Well, Gong's definitely there. But I think, like you said, this year we introduced Salesforce with Pardot, with SalesLoft, like a whole new tech stack, Gong, everything. And purposely came into it with a minimal viable process of making sure that we iterate and only make sure, how do we make the minimum number of clicks a rep has to make to get the maximum amount of useful data for us to consume and make decisions? And so it's a constant balancing act of 
because everybody just wants to add new fields into Salesforce. Oh, this would be great, just add a field in. We'll get a reps to fill it in, right? <laughs> oh, we want to put an industry list in, 180 industries. I'm like, guys, come on. Like, so you, there, there's got to be a voice of reason and when you're building out these processes and making sure that, again, you're mitigating the amount of clicks a rep has to do to be able to get the maximum amount of useful data throughout it. But like you said with Gong, exactly how we're using it with Lessonly, right? We show them what it looks like through Gong consistently into Lessonly because our sales org went from 30 people in Jan to we're 80 now and we'll be 190 by the end of the year. So we've got a lot of people to enable, so reboard, onboard, and then everboard, right? So we're figuring out those motions and building in like twice weekly enablement sessions on a regional basis just to get people, because like every conversation matters. When I think about sales, it's all about converting to the next stage in the opportunity. So if you're getting people to be super effective in each conversation that they have, the output should be better. We're really hyper-focused on that side of enablement as well as, again, back what I said before, the leadership side and making sure that we're trying to get the force multiplier through leadership enablement because a really high-performing sales leader can lift up their team significantly and will also be the voice of reason when we say, hey, we want to introduce this field in Salesforce. Like, no, guys, we don't need that one. Anything additional you'd add from clients you're working with? You need to give people frameworks on how to be able to use things. And so I think the people side... There's two sides of the coin. Right? 100%, I would yeah. say that's true of any tech. Um, exactly. Yeah. We're almost out of time. Obviously, we've covered our three pillars of people, strategy, and performance. I'd love if we could just do a quick round the panel for a recommendation you would have for the leaders in this room about how to turn roadblocks into revenue. Maybe we'll start with you, Paul. Yeah, thanks for uh, prepping me for that. That's uh, <laughs> very, very appreciated. I think ultimately, chaos breeds opportunity. And in this economic climate, whatever it is that we're in, because nobody really knows exactly what it is yet. Some companies are doing really well, other companies aren't, the later series rounds are going down. I think, again, focus on the fundamentals, right? Just get to the fundamentals. Look at your unit economics, understand your business really well, and understand the culture in which you operate in. And that's the first place to look, right? If you don't know your fundamentals, you can't make advanced plays. Atusa, last word. In this world of tech and AI and everything, don't forget we're all working with people at the end of the day. And who do you have on your team? What skills do they have? What skills complement each other? What skills are you missing as you're hiring to make sure that you have a variety of skills to plug the gaps that you have right now? And then remember how they're using the tech that you have to move together better and move forward, not just staying afloat. Thank you for those insights. I would like to thank all our panelists very much for their time today. If you want to learn more about how revenue intelligence can help you achieve your goals, head over to gong.io. And if you like what you heard today, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. <laughs>